believe without doubt uh, that we are walking into what could potentially be one of the more difficult seasons, if not most difficult seasons, that we face in our generation in terms of following Jesus, that we are truly at this point now following Jesus in a culture that is anti-Christian. What's up, guys? This is part three of a three-part series we are all releasing in one week. At least that is the plan, and I believe that we will do that in faith. I'm putting it out here right now. Uh, but this is part three, so if you have not listened to part one and part two, I would love for you to go and do that first. This one will carry a lot more power uh, if you do that. Um, but I, I want you guys to know something. I have just been absolutely uh, encouraged, thrilled, it makes me excited to see so many comments, so many people reaching out and sharing with us uh, what the, these podcasts and these discussions are really uh, mean for our lives and what God's doing them, uh, what's God doing with them in your life. So I want to encourage you to do something for me. If God is, is speaking to you and, and helping you and, and revealing things to you and adding value to your life, will you please partner with us uh, by sharing uh, this content, by liking it, you know, on whatever uh, post you see this on, social media, on YouTube, um, comment in the things, share it, copy the link, share it to people, give it to people. If, if I'm telling you, if it means something to you, it'll mean something to somebody else. Uh, and you have no idea, no idea what eternal impact you could have by sharing a message. You never know what God wants to do with it. Um, and so I would just love for us to do this together. If you have not subscribed, please subscribe so that you can just get this content. You don't have to go looking for it. It just shows up. Um, so if you guys will do that with me, I'm excited. I'm excited about this one, uh, about part three. In fact, I did all of the perspective you know, of difficulty, which is part one, in the process and the, the practicality of difficulty in part two. Uh, in this one, I'm, I'm talking about the, the power of the results of, of this transformation process and of difficulty, not just is what is going on in our life, but what is going on in everybody else's life around us. And so I want to show you something. I want to, I want to show you that there is power that will take place. You know, so part of the, the heart behind uh, these, these specific you know, conversations on difficulty and the heart behind this season of life where I think we are and the heart behind even the page as a whole and this podcast as a whole is that I do believe without doubt uh, that we are walking into what could potentially be one of the more difficult seasons, if not most difficult seasons that we face in our generation in terms of following Jesus, that we are truly at this point now following Jesus in a culture that is anti Christian. And so this will bring two things to us. Uh, it will bring inevitable difficulty, but even more than that, and what needs to be the focus is that it will bring opportunity to change the culture rapidly and quickly. Uh, the light shines the brightest in the darkest hours, and we have an opportunity. So we can do one or two things. We could have a wrong perspective on the difficulty and not focus at all on the opportunity, or we could just absolutely get excited uh, that knowing that we'll have an opportunity to grow significantly within ourselves and then to change the culture. And that is actually the, the thought process and the focus of this particular series we're doing on difficulties. The first episode I wanted to change our perspective on difficulty. The second episode I wanted to show us uh, the power of the practicality 
of what's going on during this transformation process and through difficulty in this third one, I want to show us the power of this process and the way that it affects and changes and alters the people around us. Um, and so ultimately, um, what we know about the kingdom of God is that it operates uh, in a sense of death to life. So meaning that the gospel itself, at the center of the gospel is the cross of Jesus Christ. And and this really matters, so I want you to listen. The gospel itself is centered around the cross of Jesus Christ, that Christ died for our sins on a cross, uh, that he would pay for our sins on the cross through his death, but that it was actually through his resurrection that gave us freedom from death. And so we, you have this, this twofold thing, this idea of dying and this idea of resurrection life. And the gospel hinges and centers around this image and this picture. And that is what's going on in our life. And, and is that, that we're dying and that as we die daily to ourselves, there's this resurrection life, this newness, this power that's showing up in our life. And that is, that's a powerful, beautiful thing. But I also want you to look at the, the, the depths of what this means in a, in a practical sense, so in a sense of the way the kingdom of God works on earth and in our life. And so one of the scriptures in Romans, it talks about uh, Jesus, uh, you know, that Adam, through the sin of one man, Adam, through the sin of one man, death came to the world. All right, so through the sin of Adam brought death to many men, many, many women, many people. But through the righteousness of Jesus or the death of Jesus, it actually brought life to the world. And so the whole kingdom of God is, is, is hinged on this idea of, of Christ dying and Christ through Christ's death, uh, life is now available to the world. And over and over and over again, when Jesus gives parables and he describes the kingdom of God, he, he talks about it like a seed going into the ground and a couple different parables and a couple different pictures and images. But it's this idea of a seed going into the ground and then the seed going into the ground, dying in the ground is what brings forth harvest or what brings forth life or what brings forth growth. So the entirety of our faith in Jesus and our relationship with God and the way the kingdom of God grows personally in us and the way that the kingdom of God advances on this earth is this idea of death to life so that when we die we die so that life can come forward our old self dies so that the new life in christ comes forward and you know christ died so that new life resurrection life is made available you know temporary earthly sinful life dies so that we can have true life and eternal life so it's this this idea of as we die life life comes and so i want us to kind of go into this this scripture uh verse 11 and 12, 2 Corinthians, verse 4, 11 and 12, chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, with that mindset. Because I want you to see, up to this point, we've just talking about the process of, of difficulty, meaning that as we walk through difficulty, as we walk through trials, God uses this, the Holy Spirit uses this to kill the old man in us and to raise up the new one and to kill uh, this death, uh, the sinful life, so that the new life in Christ lives. It's all—it's been all about what's going on inside of us and what's happening to us. But he shifts here in these verses, and he shows us something that is, uh, to me, that has been epic in my life, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's been powerful. And I want to read it to you really fast. So I'm going to read seven all the way down to twelve, but the focus for this one is on eleven and twelve. 
But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed or manifested in our body. Then verse 11, this is him talking about practically, every day, practically, he says, verse 11, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So I want to hang on to that sentence. He says, for us who are alive, so meaning we've put our faith in Jesus. This is all of a spiritual sense. We've put our faith in Jesus. We've been raised to life in Christ. And we're in the middle of this transformation process. He goes, so for us who are alive, we are always being given over to death for the sake of Jesus or for Jesus' sake. So he says, we're alive in Christ and we are always being handed over or delivered to death, over to death in the process for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So this is not just eternal. This whole conversation right here is about what's happening right now in this life, in our bodies and in our minds and in this physical process. He's saying we are alive in Christ. And because we are alive in Christ, those who are alive in Christ, we're being handed, you and me, we are being handed over to this death dying process. And we are dying more and more every day for Jesus' sake, and he's saying for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus could be manifested, literally manifested or revealed in our mortal bodies every day, so that the more we die, we're handed over to death all the time, multiple times. It's a process over and over and over again. We're handed over to death that we would die more and more for the sake of Jesus so that Jesus' life could be literally manifested. The resurrection life of Jesus be literally, practically, powerfully, tangibly, physically, spiritually manifested and revealed in our bodies. It's the same concept. It's this thing that the more we die, we're handed over to death every day. The more we die, the more we go through difficulty, the more that we struggle, the more that we persevere, we are dying every day so that Christ can live in us. That is that practical uh, process, the power of that, of what is happening. And if he would have just stopped right there, then we really would have only needed to do two episodes. But he didn't. He added one more sentence. And this is the part I want you to read. He follows that up with, So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So remember, Paul's writing this to the Corinthian church. And he's explaining to them this process of what it is to be transformed into the image of Jesus. He's explaining to them this process all the way back from when we put our faith in Jesus, 
we become unveiled and now we can see God and we're already starting to reflect the glory of God, but then the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the image of Jesus from nature to nature, from glory to glory. And he's saying that's why we carry around the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive, we're always being given over to death, meaning we're always going through these situations. We're always going through these difficulties. We're always going through these trials. We're always going through this process of death so that Christ can live in us. And then he makes this statement, this crazy statement. And he says, so then death is at work in us, meaning we're dying. Paul's saying we're dying every day and we're excited about it and we're happy about it because we're dying so that Christ can live in us. Death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So he's saying to the Corinthian church, as death is working in us, that life is working in you. So now he makes this connection, he makes this leap and he makes this jump. And he's saying that this process isn't just about changing me. Paul's saying, it's not just about God changing me and transforming me for my sake. I'm being killed every day for the sake of Jesus so that Jesus can be, uh, his, his life, his resurrection life can be revealed or manifested in our flesh. And he said, even more so, and on top of that, the death that's happening in me and the Christ becoming more alive in me is actually causing life in you. He says, so I'm suffering and I'm being handed over to death every day and I'm dying and I'm going through these difficulties. And as I'm being transformed, it's actually causing and giving life to you. Meaning that there, what's going on in my life has the potential, the process that's going on in my life has the potential to affect your life. So I, 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 wanna, I wanna go back and then I'm just gonna start going because this is the part I'm most excited about. This is the whole reason we did this because I want you to see the power of what happens when you surrender to the process of transformation and you surrender to the process of difficulty and you get excited about this. He said that the uh, right up above this, he said that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel and, uh, and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. He says that there they cannot see it, that, that there's something something about it. And he says, but now as he's kind of going through this, he's getting down there, he's saying, this is part of us dying. As we die, like a seed goes into the ground, it doesn't just produce, you know, one particular thing. It produces something that can feed many. You put one corn kernel into the ground, it will produce a stock of corn uh, with all kinds of different uh, corn uh, cobs on it. All right. So it's this idea that as a seed, one singular seed goes into the ground, much fruit comes from it. And it's internal fruit and it's external fruit. It's internal fruit, that's us changing into the image of Jesus, but us changing into the image of Jesus, us going through difficulties, persevering through difficulties, giving ourselves over to this death, allowing Christ to live in us, allowing just surrendering to the process of the Holy Spirit transforming and changing us, not only is gonna bring internal fruit and change us, it's gonna bring external fruit to the people around you. It's going to literally, there's something about the process of change and the process of us coming into the image of being changed into the image of Jesus as we get more and more like Christ and reflect Christ this process of us dying and Christ living in us is actually going to give life to the world around you it's going to give life to the world around you this is the, this is the, the the fruit you know a lot of times we focus on we need to bear fruit and we need to you know we need to change the culture and we need to do these things Paul's giving you exactly the way to do that. And I, and I want to be very clear, and I want to spend some time here. 
It, it is not because what we do as, as, well, as humans in general, but Christians, what I've seen lately in our culture is that we want to change the culture according to the ways of the culture. That we want to get involved in the culture and change the culture according to the ways and the rules of the culture. That's not going to change the culture. The culture is going to change you. Okay, you're, you're not going to be able to change the culture through, for say, politics. I don't believe it. Politics is a reflection of the culture. It's not the other way around. Politics does not dictate culture. Culture will dictate the politics. In fact, by the, whatever you see going on in politics, there's been an ongoing trend in the culture to arrive you at that point. It's not like something just changed at the top and then it filters down. Not how it works. The culture is what produces and changes the politics. By the time you see something in politics, it's because it's already been in the culture. We try to change it according to the world's ways. We try to get involved in debate and argue with the world. And we try to get into the world and we try to win on their terms. We try to change the culture on their terms. We try to get involved. Listen, that's not how you change the culture. You cannot change the culture uh, by the ways and the will of the culture. You cannot change that. The only way you can change the culture is by the ways of God. This is, and I wanna wanna lay some truth out for you really fast. We are aware that there is massive uh, negativity in our culture. We are aware from the, you know, the prince of the power of the air, understanding that the enemy truly, the, the gates of hell truly has a significant influence in the world and in the culture. We are aware that the culture in itself, human culture, human nature in itself is wicked and evil and there's negativity. And, and we, we get this and we know this, but we've been called to be a light in that darkness. That's what we've been called. We've been called to be a light in that darkness. I'm going somewhere specific. We've been called to be a light in the darkness, but you were dark. You were darkness before Christ found you, before Christ saved you, before you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And like when first in second Corinthians, uh, three, uh, 18, Paul starting to lay this process out. He's saying that when you put your faith in Jesus, the veil comes off. And remember the veil wasn't blocking. If you go back and you read this, the veil was not blocking uh, the people from, are, are you from seeing Christ? Not in, in 2 Corinthians 3. The veil was blocking the people from being able to see light in you. And so that when the veil comes off, because he says Moses knew the law, Moses saw the glory, but he wore a veil so that the brightness of what the law did in him didn't affect the people. He said, but now that you put your life in Christ, there's a freedom and the veil comes off. And he goes, and now you're reflecting at first you're reflecting a little bit of light in the darkness. You were darkness, but you put your faith in Jesus and now you're reflecting a little bit of light in the darkness. And so what you are trying to do as being that little bit of light in the darkness, you're trying to go into the darkness and change the darkness according to the ways of the darkness. You cannot do that. You will never change the culture like that. What Christ wants you to do is shine brighter and brighter through this process. As as the Holy Spirit transforms you, you go from shining a little bit of light, reflecting a little bit of Jesus, to eventually being in an image or a total, complete reflection of Jesus. So by the through the process and by the end of the process, you're reflecting uh, you're reflecting the glory of Christ. Your light is substantially brighter. 
It is, it is just glowing. There's something about you, the knowledge that's inside of you, the wisdom that you have, the way that you live, the way that you love, the way that you work, the way that you handle marriage, the way that you treat your wife, the way that you raise your kids, the way, the way, the way, the way, the more that you become like Christ, the brighter your light shines in the culture. Over and over and over again throughout the New Testament, you see Paul laying this thing out and he goes, listen, you need to live in such a way multiple times, specifically in scripture goes, you need to live in such a way that even though the culture bad mouths you, they cannot help to know that you are of God. It says that even though they hate you, they will, they can't, they will. There's one scripture that says that you need to live your life and shine your light in such a way that when they see you, though they hate you, they will uh, be affected or changed. And literally it says that they will bow down knowing that God loves you, knowing that God's goodness is in you. There's this idea that, that the culture will bow down to the light of Christ. But what it will not bow down to, it will not bow down to a little bit of light trying to play the world's games according to the world's ways. If you will allow the process to take place in your life, if you will humble yourself before God, if you will give yourself over to this process and walk through the difficulties and just understand, and I'm telling you, it will speed up. The more that you accept this, the more that you see this, the more that you understand this, that you have to die more and more every day so Christ can live more and more. The more that you change, the brighter your light gets and the more the world around you will change. Paul says, I, death is at work in me, but life is already at work in you because of the process of what's going on in my life, Paul says. And so I, I want to just, just kind of just talk for a second. I need you to understand what this world needs. It needs Jesus. But the way this world is going to get Jesus, according to the scripture and this perspective and this concept, the world is going to get Jesus through your life. Paul says, I carry around the death of Jesus so Jesus may be revealed in my body. We who are alive or saved are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed or manifested in my mortal body. He's saying the world needs Jesus, but the way the world is going to get Jesus the most and the fastest is the more you die, the more you go through this process, the more excited you get about difficulty and trials, the more you die to your flesh, the brighter, I mean, the, the brighter, the light of Jesus is, is shines in your life that he's revealed. Literally, Jesus is revealed in your life. And I have seen this at work. I have seen this at work in my life. I've seen this at work in the life of our church and in the body of Christ. I see it in scripture that it's not us. It's not us. Uh, it's not the way we, it, it, it's Christ in us that changes the world. And they cannot help the culture, even wicked, even, even lost. When they're in the darkness, when they see the true light of Christ, they cannot help to be drawn towards it. And Paul says, even when they're bad mouthing you, even when they hate you, even when they're persecuting you, there is still something happening that will affect them and that will change them. So this, there's a power in this. So I want us to take this, this, this three, this series, this three-part series, and I want us to understand the power of what God is doing in your life every single day through the difficulties of life, through the small day-to-day -day difficulties, to the big picture difficulties. He is changing you. And as he's changing you, 
He's not just changing you uh, for your sake. He's changing you for the sake of, of your family, sake of your marriage, sake of your kids, sake of the people you work with, sake of the culture around you. As he's changing you, as he's molding you, as he's transforming you, that little bit of light, when we get saved, that little bit of light, it begins to transform and grow until it is a bright light in the darkness and the culture cannot help to come running towards it. So I'm telling you, there, there's power in this. We will not ever change the culture according to the ways of the culture. We will only change the culture when the culture sees Christ manifested in our life. And the way that happens is as we go through difficulty, God is exposing and convicting and killing and destroying the flesh in us, the sin nature in us, and the old man. And Christ is being literally revealed in us. And it's in this process and in Christ shining through us, through the way we love people, through the good deeds, through the actions, through the power and the knowledge of the gospel that's inside of us. It's, it's our life and Christ reflecting through our life that can, has changed entire cultures and entire generations. And I believe has the potential right here and right now to do the very same thing. If we could get excited about, surrender ourselves to the difficulties that we are facing and will face, knowing that is going through these difficulties that are not only perfecting us, but is causing that light in us to get bigger, bigger, shine brighter and brighter. And it is the, the light of Christ, Christ himself being manifested in our life, being revealed in our life that will change the culture. The culture needs Jesus but they will see Jesus only in the lives of his people. That's why he says we are the light of the world. That's why he says we are the city on a hill. That's why he says we're the light in the darkness because we are literally manifesting the light of Christ in our life. This will change the culture and I promise you, it will change it faster and quicker than we could imagine if we could just live the way God called us to live. So let's get excited about difficulty, not because we're going through difficulty. Let's get excited, not because of the death of Jesus, but the resurrection of Jesus. Let's get excited, not because of the death of ourselves, but because of what Christ wants to do in us. Let's be excited on Friday when Christ dies so that we can be excited on Sunday when he's resurrected. That's what we're excited about. That's why James says we have joy of the difficulties because we know now, we know this is the way at which Christ will change us and this is the way Christ will change the culture through us. I love you guys. Please share this comment. Let's do this thing together. I'm excited to follow Christ in an anti-Christian world. The difficulties will be there, but the opportunity is absolutely mind-blowing, and I 